Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. We want to welcome you, everybody. This is the Global Watch International Call. It is July 31st, 2023, 6 a.m. Jerusalem time. This hour is the journey, which is our weekly discipleship hour. This hour, we are having a teaching and a discussion led by my lovely wife, Susan, called From Slaves to Sons. And it's going to be great. And so we're all very excited about it. We would like to have the world-renowned Allison from Australia open us up in prayer, and then we'll get right to it. Thanks, Fred. I'm going to, this is a prayer out of Ephesians 3, and I really want to make it as a decree over everyone, and especially over you, Fred and Sue. So, Father God, we thank you that out of your glorious riches, you have strengthened us with your power and through your spirit in our inner being, so that Christ dwells in our hearts through faith. We declare, Lord, that this is your truth, and therefore it's our truth. And we thank you that we are rooted and established in your love, that we have your power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge fills us to the measure of all the fullness of God. So, Father, we just thank you for your fullness in each one of us today. And, Lord, especially we declare it over Fred and Sue as they lead us so wonderfully. We thank you for blessing them with every spiritual blessing. And, Lord, we just thank you for your anointing as Sue and Fred share with us today we thank you for leading by your precious holy spirit amen amen that um that particular passage is very meaningful to us allison because that was prayed over us at our wedding so it's and it's a great passage so thank you all right susan rao you're on okay i am very thankful to be with you tonight and thankful for everyone on this line because fred and fred said we've just grown to love the people that are coming aboard the watch and for those who are new we welcome you tonight um this is the journey session it is the first watch of the week monday 6 a.m jerusalem time and We've set this side a time aside to help encourage one another on the wall to impart uh, wisdom, understanding, and revelation for the times that we are in. And tonight's session is near and dear to my heart because I believe I have just a heart for people who are struggling with this. And believe me, when I talk about this, every one of us have had to deal with this. And it's ground zero, as far as I'm concerned, for of enemy or territory to separate us from the love of the Father. And it's, it takes us <clears throat> from slaves to son when we work ourselves out of this issue. And bottom line, it, it boils down to one word. It's called rejection. And I believe its tentacles are in many different things that separate us from God. And so tonight's session, I felt like the Lord led me to Zechariah 3, 
one through three, which is explains or gives a picture, a picture, one picture is worth a thousand words, one picture of Joshua, the high priest. And as I read the, these short three verses, just imagine you in his position. So here goes. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. In other words, God, Jesus, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich clothes. And I said, Let him put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him. And the angel of the Lord stood by. That's Zechariah 3, 1 through 3. So here is a high priest whose life is dedicated to the Lord, and he's standing before the Lord, clothed in these filthy rags and a filthy turban. You can just imagine what the enemy is speaking to Joshua as he's trying to hear from the Lord. How many of you have had those battles where you're just trying to hear from the Lord and you just can't get out of the cycles of thoughts that are going into your head? If you haven't been there, I think you're lying, basically, <laughs> because we all have those struggles. And the enemy is out to separate us from God and to keep us in slave mindsets that God has set us free and through Jesus Christ. And so it's from this element that Joshua stood. He stood through this battle that was whirling around him. He stood until God said, until Jesus intervened. And he put new garments, new mantles on him, and a new turban. And Joshua, from there on, walked out with a new mindset, renewed in, in Jesus. And whatever he was being sent into, he was now renewed. This is the type of battle we face every day. And it's important for us to understand this battle because as watchmen, we're being called to look into a lot of chaos and a lot of disorder, a lot of painful things, especially in the coming days, we are going to be faced with huge battles. But we, as watchmen, must have clear heads with our eyes set above whatever the enemy is setting against us and against our situations, whatever it is, whether it's a nation in trouble, whether it's our own family in trouble, or whether it's us in trouble, we have got to get above the, the enemy attacks to see what God is saying. And I'm here tonight. This is what this whole session is about. And the underlying word is rejection. A rejection that the enemy likes to set into us from the Father in heaven. Excuse me. That's the focus for tonight. And right now, in this time, this day in history, I believe we are in the most fatherless generation in history. Uh, if you look over the last century, we had two world wars. We had the Korean War, we had the Vietnam War that took many, not only from the U.S., but from other nations out. 
In fact, I think it's, there's estimates from the world wars of around 80 million families who were left fatherless at that time. Even a nation, Germany, was left likely fatherless for generations to come. Then in the Western world, we ended up in the 70s to 90s with a divorce rate and the deterioration of the family for up to now a divorce rate of over 40% of marriages. So we are facing the repercussions of this fatherlessness with an epidemic now, I believe, of mental illness, of suicide, and homelessness, in, particularly in America. But I can venture to say that if you looked into statistics across the nations, there is an epidemic of this suicide, drug abuse, and mental illness. We are in a time, I believe, where God is taking us to Malachi 4, 5, and 6. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the terrible, great and terrible day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. And before I go too much further on this, I don't want any women feeling rejected on this line. There is a verse in Galatians 3, 26 to 28 that explains this. The sons that I'm talking about are both men and women, mothers, fathers, sons, and daughters. Galatians 3, 26 to 28 says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So are we good? We're talking when I'm talking about sons, I'm just talking about all of us, <laughs> sons and daughters of the most high. I love what what I heard. I'm trying to think of his name, Dean Briggs, say that God is so masculine that even a men are part of the is part of his bride. So there is just let's get over this. This is all about all of us and how we relate to God. There are there is a fullness of time in which God chooses to begin to intervene, and the reality of the relationship with us grows. Ephesians Galatians four one to two says, now. I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. I am just saying that there is an appointed times in our lives where we enter into these battle zones. It seems like that it's, it's horrific, but what I'm trying to say tonight is when the battle gets tough, that's great is the battle at the gate. Make, let it be a warning sign. Let it be an, a wake-up sign that just beyond this battle, there's something waiting for you and God. And the enemy does not want to get you there. He wants to separate you from God. He wants to keep push you back into old ways and old patterns of thinking. And so tonight, I hope that what I have to say is breaking some cycles that we tend to get in as humans of accusation towards ourselves. I think some of us, some of the greatest battles is this battles that we put up ourselves 
and not necessarily what other people do to us, but what we do to ourselves. If you could put up a slide there, uh, Allison or Fred, I have a chart, a type of a chart where I wanted to just discuss. Okay, I can't. I've got to move out of this. Okay. There are a few things that characterize slaves versus sons that were, are worth discussing a little bit. And it puts us into a right perspective in dealing with this yucky, multifaceted thing called rejection. And number one is slaves do not have an inheritance. Sons do have an inheritance with their father. Galatians 4, 1 through 5 says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is a master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father, which we just spoke about. Even we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And John 8, 34 and 35 says, Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And so we have an inheritance that is set forth in the scriptures. When we, when we come to know Jesus, he, is, he provides the inheritance for us. And he provides the relationship for us as a father. Galatians 4, 6, and 7 says, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. See, a, a slave does not have that kind of relationship, does not have an inheritance. But we, as sons of God, have an inheritance with God, and it comes through a relationship with the father. And I'm just going to tell you a little bit of personal testimony in my own life. When I got accepted into medical school, I had just made a royal mess of myself. I was a naive little Minnesota girl who went off to medical school, but, and got just, I thought I was going off to medical school, but I got messed up with a whole bunch of things that I should not have gotten messed up with. I had no real mentor with me as I took those first steps away from mom and dad. And I, boy, did the enemy see it. And he made me slide headfirst down into a pit. And But when I got into medical school, I heard about this thing called a Bible study fellowship. And I just, I had enough in me to know that, Susan, you need to go to this. You've made a mess of things. <laughs> And the accuser is after you constantly. I was so accusatory towards myself. And I decided I would step forward. And in Minnesota, this was now in January. It's sub-zero weather. I had a car and 
in Minnesota, you know, there's rust that develops on the bottom of your car as well. My car, it had rusted out. So I called it the Flintstone Mobile. <laughs> it's a, basically <laughs> air conditioning all the time. Anyway, I took this Flintstone Mobile and went to this church where there were about 400 women gathered that night. And I'll never forget walking out of the cold into this vibrant, warm atmosphere. It was like, it was almost a shock to my spirit. And I decided I'm going to sit in the very back row so that I can make a fast escape if I have to. <laughs> so I sat down and this, the teacher, the director of, the, of this particular study got up. We we're studying the Paul and the book and his letters to the churches. And she was describing Paul as a murderer. <laughs> and he was out to kill more and how far away he had gone from God. And bit by bit, her words put pieces of my life together. And I, I stayed through that meeting with, and I felt something breathe on my cold heart and the fire began to burn. And I know that I ran out of that meeting. I didn't want anybody to see me because I couldn't contain myself. And I, slammed the door shut as I got into the car and just began to weep and weep. I think my the tears froze on my cheek that night as I drove back home, but it changed my life. And the word of God will never return void. And if, if there are any of you struggling with self-accusations tonight, I pray that these words start putting your life back together. And even if it's just one little joint out of place, Father, would you put us back together? For you created us in your image and you had good works for us planned to do. I learned that night that slaves work for the master, but a son's work comes out of a relationship with their father. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. And this is not, I'm not pointing a finger at the church today. But I am telling you that the reality is, at least in our church, we can get people to work. That's not a problem, but getting to the, them to the prayer meeting is a hard thing. I believe this is really a significant issue in, in a slave mentality in the church versus a sonship mentality in the church. Slaves identify with their work. But sons identify with their father. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. How much do we emphasize our work? How much do we emphasize what we are doing? Versus how much we understand of God the Father and his love and his grace towards us. 
that's why in our core values, we, we really talk about this critical spirit that I think the body of Christ is way too uh, easy with. If we knew the Father and were identified with the Father, I think there would be a whole lot more grace amongst us as children of God. And finally, slaves do not necessarily know what their father is doing. But sons know what their father is doing. John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you slaves because a slave doesn't know what his master is about. But I have called you friends because everything I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. So when we, okay, you can take this, yeah. So when we get through all these differences between a slave and a son and begin to navigate more towards that sonship, that adoption with God, we overcome the re rejection that the enemy wants to set in, that separation between God and us. When we relate to Jesus as a father, we have a relationship. We know our inheritance. We know our identity. And consequently, we can then live as peacemakers and joy makers and support one another on the wall. That's why it's so important for us to understand how this rejection works. And again, I say all of us have bits and pieces of this in our hearts and there are certain times and seasons where God gives us an appointed time, much like that night with me so long ago, where God restructured me from the inside out. And believe me, I've had others along the way. We are all in a process. Nobody has arrived. I don't think we ever arrive there until we go to heaven and we're there with Jesus. But it is a big thing to understand. And how do we get out of this mindset that gets us separated from God. There are three things, I believe. One is to know God's word and meditate on it. Jesus fought the devil's temptations in the wilderness by saying, it is written. And on the last temptation, when the devil is trying to get him to jump off the top of the temple, the enemy says, it is written. We can even be we can even use God's words and twist it. The enemy can do that. But we know when it's God's word, it will bring life. God's word will always bring conviction, not condemnation. When we are corrected in life, it leads to life. Condemnation will never bring life. It turns us into these horrible cycles that separate us from God. And so Psalm 138, two through three says, and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth for your, you have magnified your word above all your name. In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. Now we've just spent the last 21 days on the different names of God. And I know many of you used God's word in it, but guess what? His word, his word is even above his name. So know God's word and meditate on it. That's nothing new to all of many of you on this. I'm not trying to preach the choir here, but there's a nuance in it that 
when we get into these negative cycles, it's time to get back into his word. And then the second thing is to engage environments and with people who can mentor you. Um, Bible study fellowship, the four years that I was in that during medical school set my life in order. It restructured me from the inside out. Our son, our youngest son, <clears throat> Michael, who was in the Navy SEALs, he's basically six years really separated from people that were mentoring him spiritually. And we have seen that. He's about ready to get married. So a few months ago, we invited, asked him, <laughs> invited him to do a little Bible study on the book of Mark, a discovery Bible study. And so most every Sunday nights, we're with Michael and loving him back into the kingdom <laughs> through a Bible, a discovery Bible study. And that instead of pointing a finger when people start getting weird and wacky, why not invite them? Invite them into your home, <laughs> get to know them and get them studying the word. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little bit of the story of our life right now. But anyway, I'll never forget that night, my first night at Bible Study Fellowship. And if there's anything I can do, I would love to get people into that place and have the words to say to get them out of cycles that separate them from God. So we meditate on God's word. We engage with people who can mentor us. And that's why we are really this year, we're going to hear more about the Elisha companies that we're really going to start focusing on. The Malachi 4, 5, and 6 is, I believe, a big commission this year. Turning the hearts of the fathers to the children to the fathers, getting the next generation involved with the watch. And I believe there's going to be some creative strategies as we step forward and saying yes to this call of God right now. So then the last thing is to get your, out of your head and into your heart <laughs> through worship. Psalm 22, 25 is really interesting. Actually, Psalm 22 is interesting in a lot of ways because I did not realize when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he experienced separation from God too. Every prayer in the Bible that Jesus spoke started with Father until he hung on the cross. And he said, my God, why have you forsaken me? He understood separation. But he also knew the power of redemption. And not redemption, basically, but re-engagement, re-what would you call it? <laughs> Coming back to his father. And he feeling the father's embrace. He knew the power of that. And he would rule and reign forever when he was rejoined re with his father. Psalm 22 says those very words at the very beginning. My God, why have you forsaken me? If you're struggling with rejection, go to Psalm 22. But right in the middle of that psalm, it says, what? My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. Worship him. Worship him and worship him until you're out of your head and into your heart. 
there's more I could say on this, but I'm, this is more of a personal side of rejection. I also believe that there are national, such national, like Jenny talked about, spirits that dominate over nations that will separate us. And it, we habitually get into these habits of thinking, and we don't know where they came from because they're so familiar to us. But it does separate us from God. I was with a small group being mentored by Cindy Jacobs. And there were, I think, about 10 of us. And we were introducing each other. And it turned out that we all had family or generational connections to Scandinavia. <laughs> and Cindy comes out with the Yantaloven laws. And I started reading through those. I don't even remember what they were for, but God used me <laughs> to basically embarrass myself. And I literally, I could feel something just pull right out of me, something I didn't even know I had. And I ended up vomiting <laughs> in front of all these, well, 10 ladies. And, uh, but we all got set free that day from this generational thing way back when. We didn't, I hadn't even heard of the Antelovan laws, but we repented of it and we were free ever since. And I could hear much better afterwards. I, I started having much more, many more prophetic words. So there are familiarity thing, familiar things in our national communities that we should be actually asking the Lord about. And we may do a session on those things in the future, but I just want you to know that for all of us, we all have things that we need to deal with to get our line, get ourselves aligned with the Lord. Ken, Allison, we're going to go into some breakout groups right now. And I would have one question. I would keep the groups fairly small if you can. I'd like a good, what can we do? 15, 20, 20 minutes on this? No, 15, no, no, we, no, we, 15, 15 minutes. 15 minutes, yeah. And answer one question. Are you confident in your sonship with God? If not, what is holding you back? But can you put that in the chat? I would say four or five, excuse me, five or six per group. And we don't have to have re report on each group, but maybe if there was a consensus of things that people would like to share, I want you to feel vulnerable enough to just say what you think it, it might be separating you from God or holding you back. And I can venture to guess there's going to be a root of rejection in it. And Maybe if there was a scripture that your group really it bore witness to that we can report on. But I would encourage you to be vulnerable with each other. And honestly, please, as we're in small groups, be mindful that everybody should share. If you can keep it short, mm -hmm. what you're sharing, please do that. So let's go into our breakout groups. How many breakout groups do we get? If we could just even just get a little bit of a 
report from people. Now let's go through the let's go through the let's go through the sessions. People just need to be brief. That's all. Yeah. Okay. We have ten groups. Okay. 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 Let's get started right away. Group one spokesperson, jump right in. I was nominated, so I will be as fast as possible. And there were a couple of people that had experienced rejection at birth. And I think a lot of it was experiencing God speaking to them personally to address those areas. And I know that also applies to me where God actually comes in and he addresses those areas of wounding to bring truth to the lie. So exchanging the lie that of rejection with his truth. And that's how we overcome it. Awesome. That's so good. Thank you, Lily. All right. Group two spokesperson. I'll just speak for our group. I think probably the number one thing that was common was the impact of our relationship with our earthly father on how we and develop our relationship, what the struggles we have with in developing a relationship with our heavenly father. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the single most thing that is that can impact you in your life, especially before the Lord was your biggest issue is what was your relationship like with your earthly father and to get beyond that is, is sometimes very challenging. So that's great. Thank you, Karen. All right, group three spokesperson. That was Hannah from Joe Hardwick, Molly Joshi, Rhoda. All right, nobody's, there's no shy ones there. Come on, somebody speak up. I think Hannah does a great job in articulating everything. <laughs> All right, Molly, Hannah, Molly's calling you out. That's so good. Hannah. Molly, that's an interesting word, escalating. <laughs> Do you know what I realized in the conversation? It was wonderful and everybody shared is how critical this topic is, that we can continue our entire walk stumbling over this. And I'm so glad it's been raised because I don't think that we can go where he wants us to go in the end times and even into the next year without getting some of this settled in our lives. So I just, I feel blessings to everyone who was on this conversation with me because I'm hearing that this is a critical issue. It really is. It needs to be addressed and it needs to be dealt with. Yeah. Excited for that. That's so good, Hannah. Thank you. I think that the, the reality is that we go in and out of most of us go in and out of our confidence in our relationship or in our sonship with the Lord. And I think one of the things that will help us is just recognizing when we're, when we're going there, when we're going into more of a slave mentality and getting right back on track again. So thank you. That's so good. All right. Group four, group four spokesperson. It might be our group. <laughs> so I'll it, just it's, go. Karen. Okay. Thanks, Allison. Okay. Very much just my experience with our group is very much what Hannah shared is I almost have a lump in my throat because we had time to hear very briefly from one another. And then it's just like open, like it, it's like left. <laughs> yeah. All that to say, this is a very critical um, step. This is a very, sonship is a very critical step. 
to, to Karen, move okay, forward so Karen, and in together. Karen, why don't you just pray for everybody? Just, just, just everybody's got different great testimonies of times when they really felt their sonship was there, felt confident. And then I think just about everybody has times when they didn't and that there are still issues there. So just go ahead and just pray for everybody. I think we'll be ready to receive it. Okay. Father, we, we bless your name. And right now on this, in this time that we share together, we look to you, we look to you, Abba, and we thank you that your heart beats for each one of us. Your love is so profound and so faithful, so perfect, so unchangeable. And right now, Father, I just pray that you would pour out your Father heart on each one on this call, even those that aren't weren't able to make uh, to make this call. Everyone in connected with Global Watch, I pray that you would pour out your Father heart in a way that they hear you and feel your presence, feel your heartbeat for them, that feel your pleasure over them, feel your delight, experience the spirit in them, that by which they they call out, Abba, Father. Father, I pray for that spirit of adoption to be released, that there isn't, wouldn't be one person in Global Watch that isn't just firmly rooted in your heart. I thank you that you look upon each one as your son or your daughter, that you so love them. Each one loved, each one loved, each one accepted, each one delighted in, each one healed in your name, each one redeemed and destined for to know you, destined and called to minister to you and also do the work that you prepared for them even before they were born. I thank you that everyone is your favorite. Every son, every daughter is your favorite. Yeah. We all share that favorite spot and together we're family. Bless each yeah. one in Abba's name. Amen. Thank you so much, Karen. Amen. All right. Let us go to group five, group five spokesperson. Okay. It was interesting, Fred, that it was a little different for all five of us where we were coming from. But uh -huh. one expressed one expressed about being in a good spiritual spot recently, but then the physical has come on to bring a distraction. And I think that we can express that. Another one said that as in their 30s, Jesus showed her an embryo of her in Jesus's hands. And Psalms 139 was shared with this person, as well as Psalm 16. So that was significant to have that shared. Another one shared how they were raised and knowing who you were, because of who your father was or this. But we just got to be careful of the enemy on that. And also it was shared that sometimes it's just our situations that enemy loves to attack and put it on us, even though we know who we are. And sometimes this comes out in our behaviors that we're really trusting who our identity is. It can come out in our behaviors. And my statement was, I am totally 100% confident who I am in Christ because of what he says, not what anybody else says. And I'm blessed to have good mentors around me that keep me solid and keep me, they speak into me. And, and so I know we have situations. I just lost my mother-in-law. I know there's situations that we have. But I am confident who I am in Christ because what he says, and Sue said it earlier, when it's condemnation, it's a lie of the enemy. When it's conviction, it's the Holy Spirit. 
And we must remember that as we go through the battle. Yep. Amen. And I, I think the whole issue of mentoring and the whole issue of relationships with each other to keep us, help to keep us on track is vitally important because when we get isolated, that's when the enemy can speak to us and start to try to convince us of things that just are not true. So good. Thank you, Bob. All right. Group six, group six spokesperson. That was us. We had various things. One one which has already been said about family, how where we grew up, that often has a deep, creates a deep problem, making it difficult to know the father's love. The other thing I thought was interesting was the, the, the comment that sometimes our gifting holds us back. One was sharing about her parents having the gift of service, and she just grew up in the area of serving, and as a result, she didn't take part in the fatherhood of her of our father in heaven and it took quite a while before the lord reached her heart and said hey you don't need to be a servant of me i'm your father and that has brought a lot of healing yeah and another thought was that sometimes the things that happen around us like in india recently we talked about manipur the happenings around us can tear us out of the father's arms that we forget and she said she she showed us john 16 21 where it says when i don't have it anymore when the when you're bearing your child the pain is there but joy comes in the morning when the child is born so it's just to bear through the difficulties and the time will come where we land in the arms of the father so and, and, and another thought for me personally was just from last week as well the thought of God is my portion, and as, a, as my portion, I have everything that I need to be a daughter of the Father, and his, when I have a portion of him, I have enough and more than enough. Amen. Um, That's great. <clears throat> Amen. Thank you, Ruth. All right, let's go to group seven, group seven spokesperson. Lynn Ferguson was in there, and Naomi, Patty. I can share. Yeah, we discussed how when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit of God, he's the one that teaches us about sonship. And he teaches us daily the relationship that we have with our father. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit changes our life. Till then we go up and down and we go through so much. But not that we don't go even after the baptism, but he's the one who steadies us. He is the one that helps us day by day to know we are the children of God. We are the sons of God and that he is our father. That's what we discussed. Amen. Amen. So good. So it's the word plus the spirit as well. And uh, the true worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah. Thank you. That's great. Thank you, Shanta. Okay. Let's go on to group eight. Group eight spokesperson. Cynthia P, Frederick, Kim Weeks, William Warren. Great. Double portion anointing for the person that steps forward. Kim, go ahead. <laughs> we talked about, someone mentioned how they have not known the Lord longer than they have known him. 
So I've experienced that also as far as really walking close to him. So our minds are set on the path that we've already walked through our mind for so long is the one that we have to veer off of when you haven't known him for a long time and known who you are. And we also talked about how critical it is to have a relationship with your heavenly father when you haven't had a relationship with your earthly father. So that was pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Kim. Yeah. The whole thing with the earthly father, especially with not a good relationship really can be an impediment in understanding sonship, spiritual sonship. Thank you so much. All right. Group nine. That's you, Utah. Okay, I'll go for it. Yes, at the beginning, it was really Psalm 139, really to know that the Father knew us before we were born. So we came out of him. So this gives the truth, gives us so much security. Or And then it was to know that everybody deals with that. It helps to openly also have others to pray when you have a moment of struggling also and even uh, to know that everybody is dealing with that and it's just the enemy of trying to hold us back so it makes it more open it brings it to the light and 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 the other thing is the issue is really how we deal with it and it's it was really to put on the word of god to put the lord on in the truth to uh, shine the light in what is happening or in this moment, to accept myself was one point, to bring the mindset into the kingdom. And sonship, sonship gives us our true identity. The more we really have received Christ, the more we, we are in line with the Father and reconciled. I think that was... That's good. Yes, that was it. That's good, yeah. Yeah, I this... The relating to Psalm 139 is so powerful. He knew us before we were born. We that's that's really knowing you, and he he called us to himself. So good. Yes, it's and it's about knowing knowing him and being known by him. Yeah. And and one one point I want it's always it helps me so much when I just know the Father is looking onto my heart. He knows my heart that it's immediately brings me back. He's not looking to anything else. He wants to be with me. That yeah. saves me, that immediately brings me back and I let everything fall and I'm just with him. And yeah. that the truth, yeah, yeah, the truth sets us free. The real truth we know. And that's, he's always with us and he loves us. That's it. And that immediately throws the enemy Amen. out. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So good. Thank you, Yuta. All right, my group was group 10, and every person in the group had a great testimony of when they were in their biggest time of need, that the Lord really came through as a, as a father, or in one case, as a husband, but, but that, that they really felt the love of God when they, were, when they lost their spouse, or when a child was really sick, or when they couldn't get pregnant, or when something like that was going on a really very serious issue and calling on the lord and him coming through as a loving father was was very powerful i think that the lesson learned again is god definitely comes through for us but can we when we're getting off track in some way or we're not 
we're getting back into a kind of a performance mentality or not feeling particularly close to the Lord, can we get back into that place and how quickly can we certainly we can get back into that place, but how quickly? So that was our group. Susan, Rob, back to you for some final comments, and then we'll close off because we're over time here. Yeah, I, I just know that this is a very common thread for us all to deal with. And the enemy is always trying to separate us from the love of the Father. And I'm just praying that this will be a year where we all go into a deeper understanding of his love and can be those peacemakers in the midst of a lot of chaos. We have to be as watchmen, not thwarted, not thrown off our, off our watch, off our rampart because of these things that the enemy wants to throw at us. And if we get thrown off, that we would be a people to reach out and to pick one another up and get us back up on the wall where we need to be. That's the beauty of what I see happening here. And thank you all for the 21 days, and especially that 24 hour that we did. Yeah, that was amazing. It was just, at the end, I could just feel it lift up into the heavens. And whatever God does with it, I don't know, but I do believe that there was great spiritual work done. And kudos to all of you. May God's love, may you feel God's love. Many of you dedicated many hours for that, for all of that. And his thanks is upon you. <laughs> um, the, nice next watch, the next yeah. watch at three, we're going to be praying for Hernhut. This year's focus for the international summit is going to be uh, the persecuted church. Uh, we'll have a couple of spe- special guest speakers, Hermos Shariat and Andrew Brunson. We're really privileged to have them come to impart to us. But there will be, this is more of the summits at Heronhood are not platform summits, they're coffee table summits. <laughs> so there should be a lot of time for conversations and relationship building. And I'm just very thankful for Raymond and the Heronhood community for opening their doors so that we can actually do this. So we're going we're gonna to go right into praying for, for Heronhood right now, right, Sue? No, we're going to do it in the next watch. Oh, in the next watch. Yeah. Okay. At 3 p.m. Jerusalem time. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll hand it over to that time today. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. So let's have Jenny Hager. Jenny, would you like to close us off in prayer? You get to have the last word, Jenny. Father, we just thank you. What a joy to be able to say, Abba, Father. Our hearts cry out, Abba, Father. Our spirits cry out, Abba, Father. You are our Father and we are secure in that. Lord, we feel really enriched by this teaching. Lord, thank you for all the things that we've shared today, all that we've heard, the sharing in the breakout room. Lord, it's so obvious that we came from a place of feeling rejected and feeling that we were orphans. And by the power of your Holy Spirit and by your incredible agape love, you have drawn us to yourselves and we can to yourself and we can say with great confidence you are our father so we bless you father we thank you we thank you that we're restored to you because of the death of yeshua that the veil's been torn that we can all enter in and that we belong to one big giant global wonderful family of god (laughs) we thank you for that amen amen well said jenny said All God's people said, Amen. Everybody on YouTube. Amen. 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 Amen.